0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDSE.
1: The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal.
0: Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag.
1: Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or close it, he's in. A backhand with a by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by life is a Robinson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. picked out Odyssey Chicago hockey insider Jay Zawaski. No more! Hots win! Hots win again! Chris in overtime! Cardo Blue Wire Podcast. Game off the boards. He shoots his goal down to the teams. A game-winning goal! The Hawks! live to fight another day back, and drives, front, score! the madhouse chicago hockey podcast chicago's going to be in last place forever center for tames he got a breakaway teams to win the game Hawks win. Hawks out of the taste. brought to you by triple threat sports fry the coop and by the since in-law group let's drop the puck
1: Welcome in, friends. This is indeed the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5. With me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of Odyssey, of WBBM, and the I'm Fat Podcast. And if I sound a little perturbed and a little annoyed, it's because the Chicago Blackhawks just managed to pull off the remarkable feats of losing to the Arizona Coyotes. Jay, <laughs> di- I, I tweeted out this statistic during the game, and I feel like this is a really appropriate time to bring it back up. The Arizona Coyotes, this was, I believe, their 32nd game of the season. Mm-hmm. They had not led at any point this season by multiple goals. Congratulations, Blackhawks. You let them do it to you twice tonight. Whee! Congratulations. Sorry. Actually, I take that back three times because they had the end- they, I forgot, they had the empty net goal that made it two-gold deficit again, so, yeah, three times. Oh,
2: absolutely unreal. I,
0: <laughs>
2: dude, I, I was really looking forward to, like, all right, we'll watch the game, and this is one the Hawks should win, and we'll take a night off from podcasting, but as this thing's going on, like, I feel like we have an obligation to our audience to do something when it's this bad of a loss against this bad of a team. Can you hang a banner For that record you just mentioned. The Nashville (laughs) Predators would do it, right? They would hang a banner for this feat that we accomplished. The Arizona Coyotes entering this game had six wins.
1: It's (laughs) January
2: 6th. (laughs) Six wins.
1: They had won twice at home all season.
2: Johan Larson
1: who didn't have a goal this season?
2: Correct. Did not have a goal all season has a hat trick against the Blackhawks.
1: I thought it was Adam Larson when he scored the first goal and I was like, "Oh, that's not Adam Larson. Who the hell is that guy?"
2: Dude, I like I don't even really know where to begin. Let's let's ugh. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it as always. Make sure you're following us on all of our socials at Madhouse Pod on Twitter. Madhouse underscore pod on Instagram, Madhouse Hockey Pod on Facebook. We've got a T Public Shop, we've got Patreon, we've got all that cool stuff. So check it all out. It's in our I'll uh, in a link in our bio. So it's very very fun. Here's a stat from Dom Lecision. Uh, That's Arizona's first win this season by more than one goal, which you mentioned. They're one in seventeen in games decided by more than one goal. This is a real stat.
1: <laughs> oh my God, Christ, dude!
2: All right, so. There's was a moment in this game that to me summed it up and I'm not being clear. I'm not blaming Patrick Kane for this loss, but Patrick Kane is about to start an odd man rush and is caught on the back check by the ghost of Andrew Ladd. <laughs> that is how this game went. What the hell was happening? It was just crazy, and it could have been worse. You had a breakaway on a power play late in the third that if Seth Jones <laughs> doesn't dive headlong to poke it from trickling over the goal line, it's another goal for Arizona. Yep, This is unreal, man. This is an unreal loss. This is a franchise-altering loss, and I don't want to overstate it, but this is the sort of thing where there needs to be some sort of response from the front office like tomorrow. There needs to be some sort of somebody is sent down. Somebody's traded. Something. Well, how can
1: you send anybody down? You keep putting guys on the COVID list. Brandon Eagle well, got yeah. put on the list before the game.
2: That's true. And boy, it's just, but something needs to happen. There needs to be some sort of message sent that this is unacceptable. And, you know, I look, I like Derek King. I like him as a guy. Seems like a good dude, a gregarious guy. Love him to coach Rockford forever. But he's in over his skis, man. And it's not his fault Mm -hmm. because the reality of this is
1: the roster is garbage. The roster is
2: garbage. Stan Bowman has left this team in absolute shambles, Mm -hmm. absolute shambles. And look, you and I, we talked at length about the Seth Jones trade all summer. And I think we agree. Good player. Glad he's here. They gave up way too much to get him. And the way you dig yourself out of this is draft picks. First round picks. Guess what? you don't have any cuz you traded for Seth Jones unless they win the number 1 or number 2 pick this year which how likely is that who knows but it's just, maybe that
1: maybe that was the strategy of losing to the coyotes was to give them two points and uh hurt their draft lottery odds maybe
2: cuz i he had some his the guys he had on the ice at the end of the game was interesting like Mackenzie Entwistle was out there Phil Kurashev was Aunt, out there
1: Entwistle's been playing well lately Agreed. I do have to say
2: I agree I don't mind giving him a chance but Calvin Dehan was out there uh-huh. but you just don't have a lot of guys that can put the puck on the net in this team
1: and yet you traded Alex Nylander because no. he needed what another fourth line guy yeah well you and I who been... also is on the COVID list now by the way
2: <laughs> welcome hey you're on the list um <laughs> If I saw weird, it's because I'm just rubbing my face vigorously right now because I'm just at a loss after this one. And look, Alex Nylander was not going to solve this team's problems. No. But he's a guy with some offensive skill that never got a chance to even try this season. And maybe Kyle Davidson is like, nope, screw that guy. And these guys know way more about hockey than we do, right? They know the ins and outs do of the they roster. Know? They do. They know the personalities of the guys. Okay, yeah. They yeah. know who's working hard. They know who has earned the chance to play, right? And maybe Alex Nylander did not earn that chance, and that's why they traded him. But i, I try to remember. It might have been Chief who pointed it out that the Alex Nylander trade is just – that's the Stan Bowman era in a nutshell – yeah, yeah, it is super skilled, not super interested in competing. That is your Stan Bowman. That's the guy. Adam and you Boquist. traded him
1: for a guy that would be a top four defenseman on this team right now.
2: Uh, yes, definitely. But Adam Boquist, same mold, right? Like all the skill in the world, not the biggest heart in the world. Not to say that he's, you know, doesn't care, but just he's not a he's not a fierce competitor. There's a couple guys on this team that I think count as that. I would say Taves still. I would say Debrinket. I would say Brandon Hagel, obviously. Yeah. Murphy competes, but you got a lot of guys who are passengers on this team, and and that to me is that's that's a big part of the problem, and, and that 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 more almost more than anything is Stan Bowman's fingerprints because he was yeah. just so hell bent on skill. That he wasn't focusing on who's going to ball out and play hard. Because if the Hawks had played this whole game like they played the last 10 minutes, they'd probably win 6-2 or 6-3. I,
1: I mean, if you look at the advanced stats, they dominated the second period. They had 79% Corsi in the second period of the game. And they still managed to, I believe, outscore Arizona only 2-1. to one, So they were still trailing at that point. That's how weird and stupid this game was, is that the Blackhawks' best period did not result in them even tying the game. Or at least, like, keeping the game tied. Sorry, they did tie the game when whistle scored, but Travis Boyd scored a couple minutes later, and from there, just kind of all fell apart. Like, it, it was frustrating on so many levels to see some really solid play go to waste, but I thought Kirby Doc, even though he had a dreadful night again in the face-off Oof. circle, won two out of 12 draws tonight. That is – That's a, almost hard to do. We're approaching lost cause territory where you just say you can't have him be a center anymore. He That is – I know faceoffs ten, tend to get a little bit overblown, and advanced metrics guys will tell you that all the time. It, it is – Unfathomable to me that you can have a center on your team that's going to literally win two out of twelve faceoffs, and I'm not going to take away from everything else he did on the ice. His goal tonight was awesome. Yes, yeah, that hand-eye coordination. I'm just p- praying to hockey God that that kind of like sparks him to start scoring some more goals, but. At a certain point, like, even that victory is kind of tainted because of how bad he was in the face-off circle, and you just have to wonder if he's going to end up getting pushed to wing at some point in the near future. I don't feel like he almost has to be. You can't have a guy out there doing that. So you had that. You had Jonathan Taves who had a goal and an assist tonight. He's been looking better as of late. He won a ton of key draws down the stretch as the Blackhawks were trying to get back in this game. There were good things. We're past the time for moral victories, though. This is nitty-gritty where's this team right now where do they need to be in the future and if you're losing games to the arizona flipping coyotes like this i'll tell you exactly where you are you're on the scrap heap and you need to be figuring out ways to just tear this thing down because there's no there's no salvaging this i don't think they're they're just done man you
2: said taint
1: you know, it'd probably be the <laughs> most I've laughed and the happiest I've been all night after watching that garbage fast.
2: Okay, so I don't know if you listened to the one I did by myself uh, the other night where I kind of just started talking and couldn't stop talking. Um, there's there's no way out of this, dude. Like, no. even if you are saying, okay, we're going to trade Taves and Kane, you're very limited in teams that are going to be able to take them on because... They both have a year left with 10 and a half million. So if you mm-hmm. trade them at the deadline, sure, maybe a team can fit them under the cap this year. But what team's got 10 and a half million bucks of cap space? I know Carolina has a bunch coming off the cap next year, but it's just like you're going to get the most value for those guys next trade deadline. So yeah. who on this roster is going to get you anything back? Connor Murphy can probably get you a second, third round pick, right?
1: Alex Debrinkick could.
2: You can't trade him that he, well, he's all you got you asked man. Who who
1: would get who you asked who they could get value for and I told you.
2: But that's it. I mean yeah. to me he he to there's two guys that I think are untouchable. Brinkett and Seth Jones simply because I don't think anyone's yes, no going to know it's
1: trading for that contract. Yeah. No way.
2: By the way, he had 7 shots on goal in this game.
1: Hell yeah he did. Good and Lord. I There is not a lot that I'm blaming this season on Seth Jones. I think that he's been a really strong player for the Blackhawks. There is a lot that's wrong with this team that doesn't start with him. His contract may hamper them in terms of what they can do in the future, but he's been pretty darn solid for them, I would say.
2: Uh, Which part of the one minute and 11 seconds of Nicholas Bodan's game did you enjoy?
1: pointed this out to you he didn't have a single shift in the first period of the game and I get that you don't want to upset the apple cart with your vaunted defensive pairings by the way speaking of defense Riley Stillman was garbage tonight he has been pretty piss poor lately I have not been enjoying the Riley Stillman show it almost made me miss Eric Gustafson almost stop yourself uh, <laughs> I know I'm blaspheming on the air but um no, I. It was such a weird night coming in with eleven forwards and seven defensemen, and then Derek King just literally plays Nicholas Bodan two shifts, two shifts. It's like, what's even the point of this? Just don't even play. Him. If I were him, I'd be like, "Uh, I warmed up more than I ended up playing in <laughs> yeah. this game. Took me what longer the to put my, uh, took
2: me longer to, to put my breezers on than it took me to. It took play me the longer game.
1: to take a piss before <laughs> the game,
2: dude. This one was just, I don't know. I I do think that this has to signal some sort of, like, this to me. But what do you
1: do? What do you do?
2: You trade everything you can right now.
1: Okay, so what does that include? That includes... Flurry. Flurry, for sure, if he wants to. Uh, I
2: think he would jump at the chance to go play for the Oilers.
1: I... I think you might be right about that, but it's all a matter of kind of what he wants to do for his family, I suppose. Yeah,
2: but I mean, that's a legitimate chance to win a cup, right?
1: Sure, I would say. So. Well, because uh, he's got a ten-team list. Yeah,
2: on it, so it's not like they the Hawks can trade him to any any of any of the teams not on that ten-team list. So it's not like they have to go to him for every deal they would make. I'm sure they probably will. I
1: will say the Oilers have lost eleven of their last thirteen games. It's not like they're the juggernaut they were at the beginning of the season. No, but their
2: goaltending has been garbage, and they've had. I think they've had a ton of COVID stuff too, right? Haven't they? Yeah, hell yeah, McDavid. Yeah, McDavid's on there now. now. Uh, So I'm trading flurry. I'm. I'm bottom line is I'm all ears on everybody, except and look if someone wants to give me. Four first round picks for Alex to okay mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not, I'm not I'm not hanging up the phone for anything. Yeah. Because by the time this team's ready to win again.
1: This is also not going to be a one year turnaround, no matter what it is no. you start doing right now. Well look,
2: that was the hope with this year, right? You think, like, okay, yeah. You think Marc Andre Fleury comes in, Seth Jones comes in, Doc takes a stride, some of these young guys they, yeah, you like take a stride. And none of it's really worked out. flurry has been great, right? Be- beyond the yeah. the slow start. Jones has been as advertised, but none of the other stuff has happened. Dominic Kubelik has taken a step back. He's not the effective player he was no. his first two years. Strom can't seem to stay in the lineup long enough to get anything going. Borgstrom, who the Hawks were really high on, or at least Stan Bowman was really high on, has been okay, but not kind of the difference maker they thought he could be.
1: Patrick Kane hadn't scored a goal in 11 games, that's, I'd like to point out.
2: Again, that's almost impossible to me. Like I don't is it that's I wonder How many me. I
1: wonder how many streaks of 11 games without a goal Patrick Kane has in his career. I would say it's maybe happened once or twice.
2: I would be surprised if it happened once. But yeah, me something too. Something to look into. I I just um I I just I don't know the way out of this aside from selling, getting as many picks as you can. And it's, I think it's time to, to move quickly on this front office staff, yeah. you know,
1: like you've got to get a president of hockey ops in there. They've already been dragging their feet and they've seen other guys get hired by other other organizations. I'm not sure what they're waiting on right now. They've got to get a clear and concise direction for this organization and preferably do it before the trade deadline. Why? wait, why let Kyle Davidson oversee the beginning of this teardown instead of your next president of hockey ops? It just, it doesn't make sense to wait.
2: And, you know, they've been consulting with Jed Hoyer and they hired uh, Mike Ford. Is it Ford or 40 of Sportsology? It's Um, F-O-R-D-E. They hired him in mid-December to sort of lead this consultation.
1: Oh, I always love consultants. Those always turn out really good results. Just look at the Bears. But you, well, the Bears
2: are incompetent. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like I don't know. Uh, are the Blackhawks competent? Well, Do they've,
2: we... they've won three championships in the last fifteen years, so I'm I'm gonna give them something. Right? Like
1: Yeah, but who who um who that's here right now has been responsible for any of that?
2: A lot of the pro scouts are still there. Okay, a lot, a lot... shut
1: up. You and your logic get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jay scolded me on that one. I will. I was speaking out of frustration. No, Point it, to Jay you have
2: every right to do that. Um, absolutely. I, I don't know anything about the NBA. Um, Mike Ford or 40, whatever his name is, was hired by the Sacramento Kings to hire their new GM. Do you know who they came up with? Anyone good? I have no uh, idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, I remember they hired Luke Walton. That turned out really well for him. That was a
2: long time ago, right?
1: It was like three years ago, I think. Yeah, they
2: hired uh, Monty McNair is the King's uh, GM. So there you go. I don't know.
1: Nope. That, that's, nah, I don't, I don't know, know. know if he's good or bad. Okay. Nah.
2: Anyway, that's what we know about um, Point
1: my- being, they're consulting with a lot of non-hockey people, which is both interesting and sort of scary. Uh, I don't mind. Because they may end up if, – What if they go Cleveland Browns on this and hire a complete doofus?
2: Well, I mean, that's definitely doable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's possible. Because didn't the didn't the like Browns go way off the reservation? Didn't they hire like some guy with zero executive experience in the NFL, and it turned into a complete disaster? Yeah. Didn't they like Ted Lasso it?
2: So the Browns do. They everything they do is wrong.
1: Yeah, that's like, true. By design. I mean, hell, their logo is orange. What more? How much more wrong can you get? Well, I love their uniforms. I love their uniforms. So why are you called the Browns? And I know why they're called the Browns. Don't explain it to me. I know. I don't know why. Why are they called the Browns? Their original owner was named Paul Brown. Oh, right. I did know that. Look at me knowing stuff. And yet the Bengals have a stadium called Paul Brown Stadium. Nothing makes sense.
2: Ohio sucks. Let's uh, take a second to thank our friend Kent Simpson of the Law Group. After over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases... As an assistant Cook County State's attorney, he opened his own firm over 20 years ago specializing in all forms of personal injury cases, including injuries as a result of accidents involving cars, trucks, motorcycles, bicycles, boats, planes and buses, nursing home abuse, medical negligence and birth injuries, slip and fall cases and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Sinsin Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107 or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. Don't go off sides, go top shelf, call Kent now. James, I, there's not a ton more to say about this game, but as we were uh, doing the podcast here, we got a note on Twitter from Nick G. And he says, since you're doing a podcast, it's only early January, but what's the point of watching any of this anymore? What's to get excited about? I'm curious to hear your and James's perspective. Why should Hawks fans keep watching the Hawks this year?
1: I think at some point they are going to call Lucas Reichel up. I'm not sure exactly when that's going to happen. So that'll be worth watching. I mean, if you want a guy who's a top prospect and a guy that you're hopefully going to have the next time that you're good, that'll be nice to see. Um, watching Alex DeBrincat play night after night is honestly fun he is an extremely good player assuming the Blackhawks don't trade him of course that'd be something I would want to enjoy I'd love to enjoy the potential last you know year or two of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves being with the Blackhawks as I mentioned earlier Jonathan Taves is playing a lot better lately uh, Patrick Kane is I mean he's Patrick Kane. He's coming close to a lot of different milestones with the Blackhawks. So that's going to be worth watching. And then above all else, I just am kind of interested to – I'm interested to see what other teams have kind of got. I mean, you get to watch the Minnesota Wild twice later this month. They're a team that could potentially make some noise in the postseason. You got the Avalanche on the schedule a couple times coming up. And, yeah, it's not going to be very much fun in all likelihood watching them kick the crap out of the Blackhawks for 60 minutes. But there are some really good, exciting teams in the NHL right now, too. And so if you don't want to watch the guys in the Blackhawks sweaters, the Lucas Reichels and the lot, at least you've got some decent teams coming up on the schedule. That's about the best I got for you in the month of January.
2: Uh, let me say this, too, and I think and you, I, I agree with everything you said. You kind of nailed it. I don't have anything to add to it. But as much as Blackhawks Nation collectively is ready to move on from Taves and Kane, uh you're all gonna miss him when when they're gone like yeah you will immediately miss those two guys and the reliability that they provided for their entire careers here and look i i think you're gonna be here until at least next season i don't think they are gonna be traded this season at all it's a really hard thing to pull off with salaries that big um and so, do you really
1: think they're gonna let Kyle Davidson trade Patrick Kane before they get a president of hockey? Ops no, and yeah.
2: I are, and I don't think Taves has a lot of value right now. No, For, no you would You not. would have to take a bunch of bad salary back, and then at that point, what's the point? Right? There isn't a point. Yeah. Um the other thing is, eventually, allegedly, uh, we're gonna see the last season of Pat Foley. And it's yeah, been it was, like three years since he's done a game. I don't I know. I don't remember
1: the last game he called.
2: I, I I understand what they're doing, but it's really jarring to not have him or Eddie ever on the broadcast.
1: I'm not sure if Eddie is still in uh, COVID protocols. Those did keep him out of the winter classic. So that could be something. Too. Yeah.
2: I just, you know, I, I I get that the Hawks are trying to scout their new guys, but there's been like 47 new guys. Can we narrow it down to two or three and figure it out and let Pat Foley have his final season? This is one of those games where I would have loved to hear passive aggressive Pat Foley.
1: <laughs> yep, I would have Certainly. really
2: enjoyed that. That would have been fun for me.
1: Yeah, but it's just—I I honestly listened to most of the game on mute tonight, so I wasn't even sure who was calling it.
2: Um, our buddy Kobe Cohen was on the uh, color. Yes, and yeah. I always forget the other guy's name, but
1: and they're the
2: guys are bringing in are fine. But I think one thing we've learned this season is how big Pat Foley makes games and moments seem. Hell yeah, he does. There's a lot of dudes that can do a, that can do a fine job at calling a hockey game. Right. But you listen to the intro of this podcast every time we do it and you get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's a, I don't know guys like Pat Foley are, they're going away. There's not really broadcasters like that anymore. Everyone is so like kind of cookie cutter by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone comes from a broadcasting school. and There's
1: so much polish to it now, for sure.
2: Yeah. You know, Pat Foley's dad was a car dealer and put a tape in Bill Wirtz's car, or Bill or Arthur's, one of the Wirtz's cars, and that's how Pat got his job. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, And so, you know, as much as some people kind of towards the end were like, hey, he's sort of mailing it in, doesn't have his fastball anymore, when when he's not on the Hawks broadcasts, night after night after night, you really miss it. And I, I really want to hear some more Pat Foley games before this season ends because yeah, we're not going to have any more after that, and that and that's gonna that's another big void. That when Taves and Kane and Foley are gone, it's going to be just a totally different thing. And look, I, I sort of enjoy the period between like teams being really good. I I can enjoy a rebuild. I like to see how these guys develop and like who's going to be good, who's not. I think you know when the Hawks were great. The regular season was sort of boring. Yeah, but this is bad. And this is rudderless and it's directionless, and that's why I I really think they need to quickly get their hockey ops guy in place. Remember, they just did this a year ago before yeah. they promoted Stan Bowman. They've just talked to people. I just interviewed 40 people For the podcast producer job at WBBM. If for whatever reason, one of my current producers quit, I would know exactly who I'm hiring next. Do the Hawks not have that? Do they not have a short list of people they would call in a jam? Yeah. I I don't know. They just did this. (laughs) Unless it was all a farce and they just knew they're going to promote Stan Bowman anyway, which would be really frustrating to hear. But we don't know. So we wait. Right, we just continue to wait and hope that the good names don't get scooped up and hope they've got a plan. Nothing against Kyle Davidson, nothing against Derek King, but we're at a th- we're at a crossroads right now with the Blackhawks. Yes. Something needs to happen, big. And you there don't are want... some
1: big decisions that need to be happening. You're absolutely right. And
2: you don't want interim people making big decisions. Nope. All right, that's all I got. You got anything else, buddy?
1: Uh, I love you all. Stay safe out there, guys.
2: Yeah. We love you for listening. If you're if you're listening to this podcast after that game, we love you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The
0: Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the Sin's In Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast Burn It All Down.